Hello guys and welcome, welcome to, to Happy, Happy Single, Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. Every episode will deliver the best hard-hitting topics surrounding mummy life. So, here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys and welcome to the Happy Single Moms podcast. I'm your host Khalifa. Today we're going to be speaking about death, loss and the spirit to overcome. I wanted to ask a wonderful lady called Abby to come on. She has her own podcast called In Every Season. She is a widow, a poet and a podcaster. As well as that, she is a mother of three beautiful children. I actually heard about Abby um, from a mutual friend of ours. And she said to me that after the tragic loss of Abby's husband, she went to Abby's house and Abby was in her house smiling and just seemed really strong. They actually saw her um, singing and dancing. And I just found it so amazing, the fact that she didn't allow the the loss of her husband to affect her to the point that she was broken so i felt like with given the fact that the global pandemic is here and we have lost so many people i believe it's up to 2.3 million people that have died worldwide i wanted to speak to abby who is a magnificent advocate for the ability to overcome so abby please tell the audience a bit about yourself right so yes my name is abby I am a single mom, that sounds so weird to say, but yeah, of three children, um, I'm 33, um, what else about myself? I have a podcast called In Every Season Podcast, I'm just repeating everything you've said already now, I have to look for new stuff, um, I like um, poetry, art, all the creative stuff, um, and I really just have a heart and a passion for helping hurting hearts I don't know if that's a thing but that's what I say anyway um and just you know helping people go through stuff like walking with them um just because I know what it's like to you know walk through dark periods and how beneficial it is to have people walking with them um so or with you in that season so so yeah that's a bit about me I like um roller skating my son taught me how to skateboard last year so I can skateboard I think that makes me a cool mum too um and I love traveling as well so yeah that's a little bit about me tell me a bit about your um widowhood story I don't mean to phrase it like that but just tell me I mean I mean it is what it is so my story into widowhood so um i got married um quite early i got married at 21 and um, my husband and i met each other when we were 18 and then we dated for a little while got married at 21 and you know obviously if you can imagine getting married at 21 you don't have any money or anything but you know you have love <laughs> so um we just really grew together we had our first child probably a year or so after and then our who's a boy and then our sons i mean and then our daughters um 
a couple of years after too. So my son is um, turning 11 and my first daughter is six and my last daughter is three. Um, so um, yeah, we were just doing life, you know, as you would. Um, and yeah, like just working. I, I had gone back to work after maternity leave and then one day I go into work and have a meeting and then I get this call like from my sister and she's like, oh, the police are at the door. You know, and when you're just talking about police and like, I'm now trying to process all the possible reasons that the police could have been at my door. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Did I pay that real? Was I supposed to do the, all those things going through my head? And then I kind of got to the point where like, no, I think I'm good. <laughs> Why would they be at my door? So um, then my sister um, hung up the phone and I was trying to call back and I couldn't get through to her. I called my house phone and she was at home with my children because it was the summer. So she was helping me look after them. And um, I tried to call back, couldn't, couldn't get through to anybody. And then she called me back and she had just said, obviously now I know that she'd been crying, but in that time she was just like oh the police want to talk to you and the police spoke to me and they said oh you know we have something to tell you you know can you know where you work i said i know that there's something wrong you have to tell me now because i i won't be able to make it It will take you 40 minutes to get to me i cannot wait 40 minutes tell me now so then they passed it in back to my sister and my sister told me and at that point, you know, she said my husband had been involved in a fatal accident and I just screamed and I dropped the phone. And I was probably, I, I couldn't say anything. I think I was crying for a bit, but then afterwards there was no words. And then that was like a moment where obviously my life changed forever. I mean, I went to work, you but know, listening to music in the car, normal. And then you get this random call and you're like, what? Sorry, Kelly, if you want to say something. Did they say that, they just said that he was involved in a fatal accident? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but did they say about how he was d doing or did they, that's all they that, gave, that was all the information they gave you? That, so you didn't even that, know at that point? Yeah, so, because my sister had told me, so she said fatal accident. So when you say fatal, it means personally. Yeah. But then I still didn't believe them. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard at the time. But then after, I was like, okay. And they're like, oh, we'll take you to go and see. I said, okay. And they were just, they were, I think they were puzzled because, you know, I wasn't reacting. So they were just, I was like, we're going to see him, right? They're like, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, because I was just like, when we get there, I'll, I'll see you. And I even, I had even texted my husband say, they say that you've been involved in an accident. Oh. Like, so I heard because I was shocked and screamed and all of that. And then there was that denial, maybe it was denial. It was like, no, 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 it couldn't be. I called my stepdad um, and I said, can you go to, you know, he goes to the house, maybe he's sleeping um, and go and check and wake him up. Um, all of this, all of this stuff like I, I it just didn't believe I mean how could I like someone that I had saw so my husband traveled for work um so he was um in Ireland um working and you know we he'd come home every other weekend or whatever um so my stepdad was close to sort of where he was so I was like oh no 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 can't be he he must be sleeping 
you know, you have the key to the house, go, go wake him up. And I said that was crying. And I was just like, why is this man crying? Go and do whatever I asked you to do. Mm-hmm. So there's all of this like denial. And then, you know, then having going to finally get into the hospital and seeing him and thinking that, you know what, I'll have to, you know, I'll have to pray and, you know, they can't take him off life support, all of this stuff. And I didn't even, I didn't even get into a hospital ward. They take you like round to the back of the hospital on the ground floor to like a bereavement suite. So there's a little table and they tell you all of this stuff and you have a seat. And then that's the, you know, when I was in the hospital, that's the moment that I was like, wow. This is happening. This is real. And I, you know, like, it's just surreal. Like, even talking about it now, it's been almost three years. But even talking about it now, it's just like, how can, how can the day just start so fine, lovely, you know, go to work as normal, chatting with your colleagues, and then your life literally changes in a moment. And everything changes and I guess that that that's part of my story in Twitter so then I had to come home and then tell the kids and then people were coming and then getting ready for the funeral and all of that and how did you bridge that conversation with the kids um it was awful like even thinking about it now my heart just drops but um they were eight and um I think four or three at the time. And then my baby was 11 months. Um, So she didn't understand anything. She, she went, she was with me. Um, But the other two, you know, I had to say, you know, because they saw the police and everything. So they're like, oh, the police came to our house. And, you know, this, they were just all fun loving and, you know, bubbly and people had arrived into the house. So they were like, oh, this person came and that person came. And I had to tell them that, you know, I've gone to the hospital and, you know, the police were here because that he was involved in an accident and he died. And I remember my son saying, what? And then he just started, he said that he died and then he just started crying. Mm. And that was just, you know, it broke my heart, like having to have to tell them and having that as their reality. Um, so yeah, and then we did the funeral on, and then the date that we could get for the funeral was my um, was my daughter, who was 11 months birthday. What? So yeah, so we buried him on, on her first birthday, um, but we didn't, we didn't do anything for her on that day, but we kind of celebrated with cake or whatever, like a couple of days later. So again, back into like balancing those two extreme worlds. You're burying the love of your life and then you're eating cake to celebrate someone's first birthday. I mean, sometimes you're just like this life. Yeah, life is, it's so, it's so bittersweet. And what, with you talking about death and um, the loss of your husband and when my mum lost her sister last year, um, June, and this was just before I started the podcast, actually. And I was on a business meeting and I got a phone call from my cousin in Canada. And then she was like, are you sitting down? I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> and she said to me, well, um, uh, 
my mum's died. I was like, what do you mean your mum's died? She texted me the other day because she usually texts us all these Christian messages. Right, right, right. right. I used to say she's married to Jesus, you know. So, so yeah, so um, she said, oh, mum's died. And I was like, okay. I said, are you for real? She said, yeah. And I said, so what do you want me to do? She said, you need to go and tell your mum. And then I was like, I'm not telling mum. <laughs> you know, I said, I'm not telling my mum. Long story short, I drove home, told my mum now. My mum fainted and I've never seen my mum react like that because she got a phone call from her sister saying oh I wasn't feeling well my mom's oh you'll be fine don't worry but then it's just a pure fact that like you've just said that we don't really we think people are going to be here forever but oh. yeah but in regards to the bittersweet the day that we actually had my my auntie's funeral um this was obviously before the lockdown proper happened my next door neighbors were having a birthday party you know and in my house everyone was here dressed in white crying so then I was stuck outside because I wanted a little tipple so I was outside and I was just looking at both houses that on on the right hand side people are laughing and on the left hand side people are crying and it's just the way life is and I don't know why it is like that but I just don't get it it's just that's how life is Right, that is basically life. So, you know, you mentioned um, that a source told you, you know, that I smile and not. I know who the source is, by the way. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's that thing. It's, it's not that, you know, I'm smiling because I, you know, necessarily have things to smile about all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's just that in life, you're just constantly juggle, juggling this joy and this heartache and this joy and this heartache sometimes in the same day, sometimes in the same moment, sometimes with the same things, like even with kids, my kids, they'll have a birthday and you're delighted, like, oh my gosh, you know, you're joyful, but there's a heartache that, oh my gosh, their dad is not here, or this is another year, so you're constantly, or I'm constantly juggling those two balls, and I've just thought that, you know what, this, maybe this is, this is just life, so how have you found single motherhood now then with having three kids? Because, yeah, it would have been like obviously the grief, but now the transitional period. How have you found it? Right. So I mentioned that my husband worked away a lot. So I had already been like a physical single mother um, before that. So he'd be home like maybe every other weekend or so. Um, so I was doing the day to day stuff anyway okay. and so from that perspective it was okay because I had been doing that for a while so I was used to it but I guess from the emotional side um it was awful and because I had grown up in a single parent home as well I just thought that you know okay if I you know do this and do things the right way and do da, 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 you know that could be good and my children won't have the pain of you know not having you know their father around or their parents together that I've gone through because I know firsthand what it feels like um but then you know as life happened it's different and sometimes I'm like I don't know which is worse you know if parents are separated or if parents are not here I guess it's all pain um and it's a different kind of pain that my kids now experience because they don't have like a dad that they can call or that can go to their house um you know one week or the weekend or holidays or whatever and so I remember speaking to someone and him saying oh you know I'm you know a single dad or whatever and you know I have my kids 50% of the time and I was like yeah I'm a single mom I have my kids 100% of the time yeah (laughs) so it's it's challenging because I've experienced it from you know my mom growing up but also this dynamic is really weird because 
I don't have anybody that I make decisions with or that I consider, you know, about, you know, anything to do with my kids. It's all on me. So if they are going to a school or they're changing this or that, I don't have to let anybody know or I don't have to decide those things with anyone else. It's, it's just me. There's no one that I can say that, oh, wait till I tell your dad that no, no one. <laughs> no one so it's 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 been challenging it's been challenging so tell me about your journey from um healing your heart tell me about how you managed to heal your heart right so um I guess um for me there was a lot of things that you know I just had to let go and sort of come to terms with um one of them you know the death of my husband but also then the new reality that I'm stepping into which is single parenthood um and having to deal with that um and what that comes with um I went back to work um a few months after maybe seven eight months or so and I just couldn't I couldn't manage work and it's not because I couldn't physically do it but the way I was processing life at that period was is anybody gonna die no then it's not important. That's that's how, you know, those filters, it's like, yes, no, that's what my brain was doing. Is this important? Okay, then I'll assess. Is anybody going to die? No. Okay, then it's not important. And I go to the office and people would be rushing around, deadlines, all of that. I'd just be looking at them thinking, what's wrong with these people? Do they not know that, you know, all of this is not important? So um, after a couple of months, I decided that, you know, work wasn't really best for me at this time and I um, spent some time at home and I have a lovely support network group of friends who had then um, told me that they would help support me like on a monthly basis to like pay mortgage and all of that while I was at home so that was amazing and that meant that I could um, just spend the time healing and processing and crying and doing whatever um, I felt like doing but you know that wasn't much so it'd be like taking the school, kids to school and my younger one was still at home so we'd come home and you know sometimes I just lay on the floor sometimes cry sometimes I'd be angry you know all of that stuff but I had the space to do it like I wasn't being rushed anywhere and um, mm. apart from dropping the kids at nine and picking them up at three there was nowhere else that I had to be um so I probably did that for over a year um and that was really, really helpful to me because it meant that I could sit in my feelings. I think we mentioned that um, earlier, just sit there and just be and not be rushed and talk things over with people and, you know, cry and process and process and process all of that stuff. So I think that time at home was really healing for me. Um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't really go out, but I started to kind of get a bit of a zeal for life and say okay yeah maybe I want to go out and travel and all of that um so I started to do that but then COVID happened last year and then we went into lockdown and I I remember thinking you know everyone's like oh my gosh you know we're in lockdown staying at home and I was like I've been staying at home for a while like this is normal for me yeah. <laughs> I mean was I being prepared for lockdown who knows who knows and yeah. um, so it felt kind of normal for me and um, that's the life I was living. So I was basically living a little bit like the lockdown life. I didn't go out, didn't go anywhere apart from school runs, shopping, and was back home. 
um so so again you know that that time just being at home was quite healing for me and then um October of this year I started going to therapy as well so that's another journey um that's been really helpful for me as well and um so would you recommend therapy then absolutely absolutely and it's not even just in relation to you know being bereaved or losing someone you love but just there's a lot of things that we go through or a lot of things that are traumatic for us just in life generally um and then if we don't process them well and um, it affects us in, in different ways and a lot of us are dealing with stuff like anxiety you know depression all of that stuff that we don't always realize what it is and i feel like if you can't call something its name and say oh this is what it is then it's going to be hard to heal from it or hard to um to get better from it so for me therapy has been has been helpful and every week she says we'll see you next week and I say yes <laughs> <laughs> but is there anything that is there anything that you've learned after the the tragic loss of your husband um lots of things I've learned um I guess you know that that life doesn't always go the way that you've planned but um I always say that you know not everything is good but there's goodness in everything so even when awful stuff happens you know you can see that there's other good stuff like I can recount the stories of you know that dark period when my husband passed away but there were so many like moments in there where I felt God was just telling me that I'm here with you like I know this isn't good this whole thing isn't good but I, but there is goodness in this and just you know seeing how people have come and you know show up for me been there for me and my family you know it it just shows me that there is goodness even when that thing isn't good but talking about God how was your relationship with God after because I know that with a lot of people um they find it hard to pray they find it hard to communicate because like you said you felt like you were doing things the right way and I think oftentimes me I'm, I'm a Christian and I've shared it on my platform before but when you feel like you're praying, you're fasting, you're, you're doing all the right things and then life happens. The same way the Bible says the sun shines on the just and the unjust. So you think this should not be happening to me. I'm meant to be your code, you know, like why did this happen to me? How was your, how are we, how were you able to communicate to, with God after? Yeah, so probably initially, I don't know. There were just no words. Like I felt disappointed. I felt that like, God, you know, the things that were in my heart, you know, how much, you know, from when I was young, I decided, ugh, I'm getting a bit emotional now. I desired family and you knew this, like I didn't have to say it to anybody, but you knew this and you knowing that and allowing this to happen, that's broken my heart. So I was really upset and disappointed, I would say, but also hurt, like really hurt. Um, and I think, just having that time by myself at home and even talking to people gave me that questioning um, of asking all of these questions like why or um, how come or all of this stuff. And sometimes, you know, you don't get an answer to why, even if you got an answer to why, um, it, it wouldn't be enough. And, um, you know, God really started to, to speak with me in terms of, um, you know, I would have these dreams or you know revelations and different stuff would be uncovered which is so beautiful um and just you know 
comforting me or telling you know thing telling me things and I think that helped to kind of bring me back and it's so so weird like I remember that period that I was at home I felt like there was a topic every week that God was like teaching me on so like maybe at the start of the week you know someone would say something and then I'd think about something and then you know I'd read about something so there was like a theme that was going on throughout the week based on something that I was processing um and then talking with friends as well that would help me get to so at that point I was like all wise and all knowledgeable because you know anytime I get this insight I'd share with people oh my gosh oh this is but it was really just you know me and God kind of going back in that conversation that back and forth and and stuff being revealed to me um so it, it wasn't great at the beginning the relationship because I felt hurt I felt disappointed I felt betrayed mm-hmm. um but you know God has a way of of allowing you to kind of vent I think that's okay it's okay to vent it's okay to kick and scream and throw your tantrums and then for me it was like I mean where else am I gonna go like I, I can't go anywhere. That's why I guess saying, you know that I'm not going anywhere. So even this shouting and this lamenting and all of this stuff, mm. I'm still here. Mm. I might be a bit attitude or disgruntled, but I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and God is able to work with that. Um, so definitely in a better place. Um, so how do you stay encouraged? How do I stay encouraged? Um I guess one thing for me is just remembering some of the things that I've been through and like the weird and amazing stories um, of things that have happened to me. Um, And you can't really comprehend and you're just like, no, 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 you know, God is for me. And for me, just, just being reminded that, you know, I'm loved and God is for me is an encouragement. And then just talking with friends um, and my kids, my kids are so amazing. They're always like, oh, you're the best mom ever. And they're like lying on the couch doing nothing or on the floor and the house is a mess. And they're like, you're the best mom ever. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, I'll take that. So um, they really encouraged me. And um, yeah, just meeting people and talking to people as well, sharing experiences. So what actually inspired you to start your podcast in every season? So it was at that season that um, I told you that I was processing life in, does it really matter? Is it important? Is anyone gonna die? No, then it's not important. Mm -hmm. So like at that point in life, life was kind of like tasteless for me. So I'd get kids ready, I'd go to work, I'd come back. I didn't watch TV, I was on social media, nothing. There was nothing that I could enjoy. Um, Apart from this podcast that I used to listen to and it was, a pastor in America whose wife um, was in this you know really gruesome accident she passed away and he just started to interview people about their different stories and some of them were older people who had been widowed young and then they tell their stories and there was just like a comfort in there knowing that oh wait I'm not alone like someone has walked this road before and now they're in a different place or now they're okay and I was like, actually, I've come in contact with many people and, you know, I've heard a lot of stories that have been encouraging to me. Um, but, where, you know, I can't rely on, you know, this, U- this US podcast. What about here in the UK? Like, there's so many people who have stories and 
people in um you know that community i don't know if we always share our stories so openly yeah. but we also need to be encouraged as well so that's how i started my podcast and it coincided with you know when i um decided that i wanted to be at home so while i was at home and processing i also started the podcast and i kind of i didn't know where it was going to go so i was just doing it um but then yeah we're almost at two years doing the podcast Congrats! So. it's and you know what it's actually so needed right now that's the thing that is with the amount of grief and and loss people are experiencing it's kind of like sometimes god puts you through certain situations to help others and yeah, and I I, find, I always say to people that I can't get counselling from someone that hasn't been through what I've been through because you would never un understand the depth of, of my pain if you haven't walked my shoes. And the fact that you right now are helping people with your own story, you are a super mum, you are, your kids are right. <laughs> they are, they're correct. Um, when I was on your Instagram, I saw one of your posts um, and you called it Broken Dreams. Mm. Could you tell me a little bit about that? I mean, I've, I've shared a bit about it before earlier today, but um, it's just, you know, that that thing where, you know, life is going okay. And, you know, me and my husband started out young and we just thought, you know, we'll get through this. And you know what, when we're in our 40s, we'll have these grown kids and we'll just be out here living our best life. And that can't happen. Um, you know, he can't be at their weddings, you know, he can't be at graduations, all of that stuff. You know, people think that when you lose a spouse, it's just the loss of a spouse, but there's so many secondary losses, the losses of things that never could be. And um, even, you know, the fact of, you know, I had to grieve the fact that we will never have another child together. I mean, that won't ever be. That's a fact that can't ever be. And, you know, that instances like that like when you think of those milestones and all of that that cannot be and you also have to grieve that so that's essentially broken dreams and you get to a point where you're like okay so what do I do with these broken dreams is it that I don't hope again because I've hoped and they've been broken or what else can I do and I found that quote by C.S. Lewis and I was like actually when you have broken dreams and they've been broken you don't you know you can but do you just shy away and think okay that's it you know my life is over which I've I've thought a lot of the time in the early stages of widowhood I was like that's it there's nothing left for me my life is over and then I'll cry because I feel sorry for myself because it's like oh and I had potential it could have been great but, <laughs> but then you know you could stay there or you could actually say all right you know this is broken but you know what I'm going to go again in terms of I'm going to dream again. I'm going to hope again for something else. And if it fails or if it doesn't come to pass, I'm like, well, you're just going to have to pick up pieces like you did the last time. You're just going to have to pick up the pieces and give me a new dream. And um, I think that was just the point where I had that different mindset because it, it's easy to just say, okay, I'm never going to hope again. But you, you'll find that hope begins to rise and do you nurture it or do you say, okay, actually don't hope because of what happens the last time. So, so that was a, a little bit of um, behind the scenes with that quote. 
Yeah, and um, when you were speaking, it's something just popped into uh, my mind, and I've spoken about it before um, on on this podcast. It's something that um, Japanese people do. It's called king king tusi. I think it, I'm not pronouncing it properly, guys. But it's when a glass or a plate is broken, and then they put it back together with pure gold. And I honestly think that sometimes when things don't happen the way in which we envision and where we plan somehow like even me I didn't want to be a single mom but then I became one you know but somehow it's like just it just there's just a piece of gold that you or even a lesson that you learn it's just so amazing so whenever I speak to people and they're talking about broken dreams or you know their aspirations in life I'm like all right this didn't happen but there's going to be a piece of gold that comes out of it and even this podcast of yours is that piece of gold your children that piece of gold you know the fact that someone might years down the line listen to your podcast when they're going through something that piece of gold like this is your legacy so um what's your advice on healing if anyone's listening right now um in regards to your journey any single mom that's out there and so yeah so healing looks different for everyone so there's no formula do x and y equals healing like it doesn't doesn't work um but I guess just be true to yourself in in what you think is helping you and helping your heart and um don't be afraid for it to get messy because it always does look and feel messy and hurt before it actually starts to feel better and um, just maybe track you know your milestones in terms of maybe journaling or writing things down so you can look back and see that oh at, oh this this is a dark period or you know and then you can actually say oh I'm so thankful that I'm not in that place anymore um so so that would be my advice just make make your own path um for healing and do what you think is best for you um stay true to that and um be kind to yourself as well. Awesome. And I see that on your social media, do a lot of dancing. I do. <laughs> I do. My awkward dancing. I mean, I think I'm like this this geek sometimes in terms of I don't, I don't. It's beautiful. I see your kids in the background looking at you like, go mommy. <laughs> right. I think they're tired of me. Like that's it. I only have a couple of videos on there. You don't want to see my phone. It's just yeah it's beautiful it's like dance it's like dance therapy just right right it is a real thing like I don't know if there's an official thing for but I'm sure it does do something so you know on the days that I'm feeling a bit awful sometimes usually in the kitchen when I'm about to make dinner or lunch or whatever just ask Alexa Alexa play music and then (laughs) and then you just start dancing um or listen to you know music and Music is actually quite healing um, for us. I, I watched this documentary on Netflix, I can't remember what it's called. The whole thing is not great, but what I took out from it is um, there's something in like the waves in music that actually heals us as well. So I guess, um, you know, find that music that, you know, makes your heart happy, makes you smile, that you can listen to and feel like, Oh, yeah, that did something. So I think music is definitely therapeutic and also dancing and letting off some steam and energy is also therapeutic. I also like, um, I do like a lot of headstands. So uh, uh, I'll be like upside down for like a few minutes, which which also helps. (laughs) 
all that blood rush into the brain. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Abby, where can people find you on social media, find your podcast, reach out to you? Please. Yeah. Okay, so um, so you can find me on Instagram um on in dot every season. Um, so that's the Instagram handle. And then everywhere else you can find me at Abby Shotoday, A-B-I Shotoday, S-H-O-T-A-D-E. Um, if you'd like to email us, you can do that at everyseason.gmail.com. We also have a website loading at the end of this month, which will be um, in everyseason.co.uk. And also on Clubhouse, I'm there on Clubhouse, creating safe spaces for discussions. Oh. So um, find me there. And then finally, the podcast is called In Every Season Podcast, and it's on every listening platform. So Spotify, iTunes, uh, or Apple Podcasts, wherever. And um, so that's where you can find me. Abby, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Happy Single Mum podcast and being so open and transparent. I can see a book in you. I can see <laughs> some courses. I can see some, some TED Talks. Obviously. So, yes, TED Talk. I'm there for it. <laughs> yes, I, I can see it. Um, so yeah, you have been so, so refreshing to speak to and just the, your healing, your transitional period and where you're at now. Um, I want to thank you. And I know that your kids are going to thank you as well because you didn't give up. You, other people might have given up, they might have taken to drink, they might have taken to, you know, drugs, but you chose not to, not to break. You might have bent, but you didn't oh. break. You did not break. So thank you for bouncing back up, not only for <laughs> yourself, for your kids, but for other people that are out there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on and giving me the space to share my story. With.